0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too.
3: It's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dyna Pro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. I'm broadcasting live from the tirerack.com studios. Tire we'll help you get there, unmatched selection. Truly unmatched. Fast, free shipping. Free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tirerack.com. The way that tire buying should be. Welcome in. Mike Sando is going to join us in 25 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on some of these coaching hires and some of these coaching fires and uh, some of the potential player movement. Uh, Wait till you hear who Pat Mahomes calls on for advice in these gigantic moments. KJ Wright's going to join us next hour. Easy buyer, easy. Of course, he was a former Pro Bowl linebacker with the Seahawks and that uh, Legion of Boom championship team 2014 where they just completely mauled, I mean mauled the Broncos. That was like, old school super bowl that 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 game reminded me of the super bowls of my childhood where gosh it felt over like right after the kickoff really did reminder the show is brought to you by progressive insurance progressive makes bundling easy and affordable get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle rv boat atv and more all your protection one place bundle and save at progressive.com i want to ask you guys a question here um I probably should ask Byer last because he's going to do the quote chapter and verse play and knows everything. Jay Stu, last year's championship weekend. Okay, last year's championship weekend. How close were the games?
4: <laughs> You're right. I mean, let, just a side note here. Dan is as remarkably good of a, a recall that Dan is on this staff. I think I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I kind of move on. I see something and I move on. What's interesting today? Uh, let's see. Who was playing last year? I remember it being a letdown because we came off a divisional thing where it was just uh, bananas. The divisional games were incredible. And then we, I, I remember it being a letdown, but I don't remember how close the games were. Ramos? Uh, close they were. Um, geez, I, I, were
5: you I Yoda? don't know. Close they were. <laughs> I wish they were. Hey, someone has to be the sage of the show. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, I think they weren't as close as we probably thought they were going to be.
0: Bayer? Well, a lot of people forget the 49ers uh, almost had that interception in the fourth That's quarter. That's right. People yes. forget that. People I can't believe that yet. Ramos
3: didn't bring that up. Like I, was, I teed that one up
0: for Ramos. Uh, also, the Chiefs jumped out to a lead on the Bengals, and then right. Cincinnati came back correct which is the opposite of
3: so many chiefs games in the playoffs in the past. Yes. They were both very competitive games. They weren't as it wasn't uh, the, the Rams Niners was a really competitive could have gone either way game. It just it it obviously lacks some of what we saw Kansas City Buffalo obviously the week before was incredible. Like just incredible football and there were a couple others like that like that as well. But the, the point is that we had great football last year and yet I I don't think people really talk about Kansas City and they don't talk about the Niners. Like To to John's point, he has belabored this all year long, talking about how close the Niners were last year to being the Rams. Like if they didn't drop that interception, et cetera. But but I actually think that makes this point, even. like nobody's actually going to care because whoever wins goes to the Super Bowl. This is strictly a results-based weekend. There is nobody cares about process and game planning and injuries and luck and any of that. It is completely about what your results are. Find a way to win a game. And the it's really compelling what you have here in the NFC. Right, You have two quarterbacks that were successful in college. One, obviously, at a higher level at bigger schools, but another one very successful at Iowa State. Okay. You have two coaches with completely different backgrounds, completely different ways of purporting themselves. But you have teams that are really, really well-constructed football teams and then quarterbacks that just, and like, you know, if you're a Jalen Hurts guy, that's great. You can be. You can think he's better than I do. You, you have quarterbacks that greatly benefit from all of the surrounding talent And one reason all the surrounding town is you don't have a bunch of money laid into the quarterback position. That's it. is a great football game. The other game is built the opposite way, right? And I know Burrow's still on his rookie deal, but you have much, much more star player at quarterback and then figuring out the rest of the roster kind of around those guys. You know, and with that one, you have Zach Taylor, who seems to have a good feel for Kansas City, you know, and his staff against Andy Reed, who uh, the guy is at least bumping up against Belichick in terms of success as a head coach. He's in that, he's starting to get into that conversation. And if they can win and win a Super Bowl, it's like, got to start having the, you know, we've always judged Belichick as the best. Do we change that now because he was really good with McNabb and the litany of Eagles quarterbacks that were average now give him a spectacular quarterback and the sky is in fact the limit. It's going to be a great weekend. Um, and I think, you know, when Shanahan was hired, it was applauded when Sirianni was hired and he had that press conference it's like, whoa, who, did they, who is this guy? Why'd they hire him? Uh, I think the same can be said for, you know, what what they end up doing in Cincinnati as opposed to when you hired Andy Reid in Kansas City. I mean, don't don't leave the couch for either of these games. Ramos, how hard is it to watch when it's the Niners?
5: I was telling Jason for the gambler later on in the show, I'm gonna recluse myself from that game because it's just too much. it's too much what do you call it? Um like I I won't have the You're right to what yourself? Is it recluse? Like in a Re- p- recuse? Recuse? Okay, I knew it was R E C. Recluse is when we try and text you on the
3: group text, and I don't respond, and you're nowhere to be found. Uh, that's because he's a recluse.
5: John's a recluse. Re- recuse
3: is to go like, "Hey, I'm too emotionally tied to this. Yes,
5: race. I'm gonna recuse myself." That's the answer I was looking for. Yes, it wouldn't be fair to me because my heart is not. I can't look at it. Uh, is it objectively? Would be the word.
3: Correct. Okay. That's why you yeah. accuse yourself. Yes. Yeah. So you don't have to be objective, by the way, in making picks
5: in the show. I know, but I want to be fair to both teams. I think why? that's you're you're, <laughs> you're not
3: you're not a judge. You, you don't have to you don't have to have like some journalistic credibility of being neutral. You don't have to right. Care. But Doug,
5: no one's gonna take it seriously if I if I pick against a team because I don't like them or I think they should lose the game. That's not really for our listeners. I don't think anybody's gonna take that seriously. That's true.
4: I think the gambling public. Everyone is very aware of John's bias, so they would take that that pick with a grain of salt, right? That's just me. I'm just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, any thoughts on my bias? Uh,
5: I still bias? can't
0: get over the running joke on this show for the last 12 months has been this Niners interception. And then I teed it up for yeah, And, and
5: there was zero recollection
0: of that reference.
5: Well, let me be—I'm going to be—can uh, we be honest here? Yes. Because I think the show is about—we don't hide things— I wasn't really, I wasn't paying attention. attention. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were talking about this year's playoffs. That's why I'm like, well. So I put my foot in my mouth. Joe, what would you say I wasn't really paying attention? (laughs) You were paying attention the first
3: two minutes of the show?
5: Well, I was, I have to get all the information for like your live reads and I have to, I highlight stuff and I was kind of like doing that. I wasn't really listening per se. I just want to make sure nobody, you know, said a bad word. I do hear those. My ear is perked. For any type of like, oh, we shouldn't put
4: that over the air. But the actual question, I wasn't, you know, you know. Plus, there's, there's travel softball to prepare for. <laughs> and, uh, there, there was a, there was a contagion at a camp this week. Yes. I know that was got not good. Really, There's
3: also also what's for lunch, John? What, what do you have packed with uh,
5: you? You're gonna like today. It's pasta, pasta. What kind of pasta? Uh, it's um like I think it's is it angel hair along with um. Seashell is it shells? Just not seashells, but just shells pasta. Well, sh- seashells would be crunchy, <laughs> right? Uh, these are not crunchy. I,
3: I don't know how they'd go down. <laughs> a little hard, but uh, shell pasta, <laughs> yeah. yes, I, I got. So two different kinds of pasta, yes, mixed are going together. To are we going to uh, how, what? What is the sauce that we're? Or are we going? to I think sauce?
5: it's just straight marinara sauce, yeah, with maybe some cheese and maybe some four cheese added in or something like that. See, th- this is Suzanne just, made it. I wasn't home. I,
3: we're get we're getting to the heart of it, right? we're getting to the heart of it he wasn't paying attention because he's worried about lunch softball and what is this camp thing that there's no well son- lucas
5: went to a uh an, it's called an outside science school that the school that he goes Out to, to. Ed,
3: after Ed, yeah yeah.
5: yeah and so and sarah went also she was one of the camp leaders and there was a little bit of a well an outbreak uh, at this camp and so they're coming back home outbreak today of what of covid oh okay yeah, and yeah. so they're coming back today from this camp, and I've left Suzanne with a list of of protocols that need to be taken before the kids, you know, do their thing, come into the home. All
4: right, so all right. that's all a lot all of right. stuff. But yeah, it was that was a that was a funny one. That I was, was thinking, good. speaking of uh, COVID, I was thinking of a radio bit to do. We should have done it this week. You know, the uh, the angle of the Hertz Purdy uh, matchup is that they faced each other in the fall of twenty nineteen. Oklahoma won in a high-scoring affair over Iowa State, and I was thinking, like, think about twenty the fall of 2019, and how much different the world is today than it was just then. And I'm thinking, like, what what do we remember about the fall of 2019? And I will say, there's one thing I know for sure uh, about twenty uh, fall of 2019 is I didn't know what a coronavirus was. That's that's for certain. And then two months later, that's all I knew about.
3: Okay, I, I'm not sure how that pertains to the <laughs> championship weekend of the show.
4: I just like I just like going back to years and, <laughs> and thinking about what we were doing and how we were doing it. And I like the Eagles to win on Sunday.
3: <laughs> I'm with Buyer. I'm like, mm,
0: where's he going with this?
3: I <laughs> uh, got the drop button ready,
0: as. The fall, uh, When Jason said fall of 2019, it sounded like a, a war. Yes.
4: You know, like it was the Battle remember of Remember the, the fall of
0: 2019.
3: the fall of
4: 2019. damn, we were in a war. A war for democracy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I shouldn't be laughing this hard, but I uh, I, I am laugh, laughing this hard. Can I just, I want to get into this, the pod. But can I just ask a question here? Like, this is an honest question. I, Steve Wilkes doesn't get the job in Carolina. They went six and six. They give it to Frank Reich. His lawyer comes out. We got a race problem. And that now all of a sudden, I'm watching the NFL network right now. And it's like, where was this discussion when Rich Bisaccia didn't get the Raiders job last year? Now, that's fair, right? Is that, is that too much whataboutism for you, Jason Stewart? Because it feels like there's a, a, a parallel there.
4: That's not too much whataboutism for me. Uh, it's too much whataboutism for Mike Silver. Mm. Well, it is. I don't think that they're
0: the same. Go on. Um, the reason being is, and I don't agree with the Raiders' move, but the Raiders not only let go of Basaccia, they let go of Mike Mayock, right. and they brought in a, a, a GM-head coach combo to work together to have that vision with the Raiders. Um, to uh, have the Patriots West, whatever the case is. Um, I don't think that that's the case with Frank Reich because the GM ends up staying there. Like, there's, I don't think that there's... Well,
3: no, hold on, hold on. This actually is, you actually are making a case, and it's a really good one, okay? who is the coach of the Carolina Panthers? The, originally? Well, yes. Matt Rule. Who hired, who was the GM when they hired him? It wasn't Scott Fitterer. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't Scott Fitterer, you know? So Scott Fitterer comes from the Seattle Seahawks. It's actually more interesting that this is the guy that he hires. I mean, like I would have thought, you know, and granted yesterday we found out he's not leaving Dallas. I would have thought you got a defensive coordinator who had great success when you're in Seattle. That would be the guy you would bring down, you know, to be your guy. But, like, uh, you're, you're making a good point, which is when you bring in a new GM, you bring bringing a new president, they're going to bring in their new guy. They're going to have fresh blood, and that's what Scott Fitterer is doing. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand this. Thing. Like, why, why do we fall back on he didn't get the job? It's got to be racism. Like, Scott Fitterer wants to hire his own guy, wants an offensive guy? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm lost on this one. I'm lost on this one. So, do you think it's a reasonable, um, uh, it's a reasonable argument to be made that race played a factor in Steve Wilkes not getting a job? done? no, I don't either. I don't either. You know, look, if Steve and and oh yeah, by the way, I actually think you do more damage to Steve Wilkes' potential to hire because, like, look, if Steve Wilkes. Did a good job is respecting the league, then you know what? He'll get another opportunity. If not, then there's the narrative out there that he's not really a great head coach, he's a great interim guy. But I just I don't understand why that's the knee jerk fallback of
0: and he was in the lawsuit previously. If 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 I am Steve Wilkes, I am frustrated. And I, I don't know if it's race based or situation based because it didn't seem like the situation in Arizona. Was really ideal, um, and you know, but you do take you take the job. It's you know you got the job, and here is an opportunity where it's like, hey, I did show something. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that 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 it's racism. I'm just saying that I can understand why maybe he would be frustrated um, in showing like, all right, now when I actually got an opportunity that also, by the way, wasn't ideal, taking over mid season, I actually made something of it. So I, I I understand like that portion of it is like hey I just showed you guys you know whatever the last 10, 12 games whatever it was when he took over from Matt Rule like uh, you know we we were in contention for a division title and now I don't get the job I don't think that it is race based though but I think he does have a reason to be just like frustrated like anybody like no, really like th- Rich Basatia no yeah no, no
3: que- listen there's no question you have the uh, the be- you go like hey look dude I. I got a shot, but I had Josh Rose, and I didn't have a good roster. <clears throat> and then I'm out. And then they bring in, you know, a college guy who hadn't won in college. You know, and now he's he's out of a gig. Like, I, I totally get it. And the truth is that the die was cast. You have Scott Fitterer comes in to be your GM with you have no ties to him. And he, the owner hires him. Everyone knew that Matt Rule was out. Everyone knew that Matt Rule was out. And Matt Rule wanted out early so he could get another job. And Steve Wilkes, like and it's kind of what Temper said when he appointed Steve Wilkes the interim head coach. When he was asked, like, what does he have to do? Like, you well, know, we'll look at it. Like he went wa- they weren't looking at it. They wanted to start over clean house and and start anew. And it just so happens that a good black man who's a a, a respected, good, solid coach. Doesn't doesn't get retained as their interim head coach. He just does. That, that's, that's the deal. And does he happen to be black? He does. Is that the reason? I believe it has zero to do with it. Nothing. Nada. So I, I agree with you. But like when you when you get frustrated, I think that should be the last of possible thoughts. Unless you have some, you know, real reason to believe it. I agree with you though. And there's lots of guys that are frustrated. You know, uh, what's the guy who was the Broncos' last head coach? Um, Vance Joseph. I mean no? Prior? Before Vance, oh. but, well, Vance Joseph was one and done. But um, Vic Fangio. Uh, yeah, Nathaniel. Fangio. Okay. Fangio's been in the league, was in the league for like 40 years as a defensive coach. Got two years with the Broncos with no quarterback. Doesn't get a head coaching job anymore. Like it's a really, really. It's a what, what do they say? A great job, a terrible profession. That's what it is. It's a great job, a terrible profession. So I don't, I don't know what I, I can tell you, but like again, also look at what what do all four of the coaches who are still coaching have in common in terms of their backgrounds? They're all offensive guys. Carolina Panthers had not had any sort of any offensive minded head coach previously, and I'm sure that's a huge portion of what they're thinking. We got to figure out quarterback. We need a quarterback whisperer. Oh, yeah, by the way, he played here. It all kind of makes sense. You know, you're in the Deep South. He's a super religious guy. It all works here. Uh, you know, He's he called the plays for the Super Bowl. When he had a decent quarterback play, they were good in in Indy. Like, mm, kind of feeling that. You talk yourself into it. I, I just, I don't believe for one second that Scott Fitterer, who finally gets a general manager job, gets a chance to hire his own coach and sits there and goes like, you know, he's better, but I'm going to take this guy because he's white. Like that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. Not in 2023.
2: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? When you hit play on post reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from the Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise.
3: Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. You know, D'Amico Ryan's is an interesting one. I, you know, I Wink Martindale also getting another interview with the Indianapolis Colts. Right, there are a lot of people, John Ramos included, that don't want Jeff Saturday to be the head coach. Of course, Martindale's a guy he's been in this game forever, right? Ever, and was let go last year by the Ravens. His contract was not renewed, and then you know has a great year with with the Giants, and now he's. He's doing interviews. Remember, he wouldn't do any interviews uh, during the season. They lost. Now he'll do one. Now he's getting a callback with the Colts. I think D'Amico Ryan's the guy. that, that That's an interesting one in terms of Houston's a place he's played, has great equity, and um, I, I'm sure he probably thinks, hey, I got a chance with draft picks to mold and shape this thing the way that I want. Um, On the other hand, Denver, at least defensively, feels a little bit more ready-made, and then the question becomes, do you want to coach Russell Wilson? Can you imagine, like, whatever anyone wants to say about how Russell finished his career in Seattle coming off of a thumb injury, that we're to the point where you're actually questioning, do I really want to work with Russell Wilson? That's... It's truly remarkable. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Mike Sando joins us from The Athletic, NFL senior writer. Uh, let's discuss this weekend, um, NFC Championship game. What's the perception in the league, of Jalen Hurts, this year in comparison to last year?
7: You know, he did it again, Doug. I think that was, people liked what they saw, but just wanted to see it. Again, with their style of play evolving, too. I think they last year they really shifted in the middle of the year to how they were going to play, and they went so heavy towards the run. I think this year they balanced it back out and showed that they could be uh, you know, dynamic running and passing. Certainly a lot of that with him and a lot of quarterbacks, the so supporting cast and the system, all that stuff's good, too. I think he's just really cemented the idea that he's going to be their quarterback because they were one of those teams that was – probably thought they were, but, you know, there were teams like them, Miami, that had some draft capital that maybe had some options, had to figure out where they were headed. I think they know where they're headed. They got their guy.
3: Um, Okay, what about Brock Purdy? You know, how is he regarded in NFL circles?
7: Um, Very impressive that they haven't had to really change the offense for him. Um, I think he's going to be the starter going into next season. He gives them the ability to not have to bring in a veteran who would cost them a lot of money to have with Trey Lance and kind of have your fingers crossed. Uh, so I think he still has to prove over the course of a season and some more difficult situations uh, that you know he can be the reason they win, but certainly they've got somebody that they can win with and maybe go to a Super Bowl with that they don't have to pay the way they were even paying Jimmy Garoppolo a couple years ago. So it's potentially a really great advantage for them. Uh, and we'll just see if, you know, the, if they've actually gotten better than they were under Jimmy, which was what they were trying to do.
3: Mike Sandoz, our guest senior NFL writer for the athletic. He's joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Uh, let's go around the league. Some on some of these uh, coaching uh, openings, hirings and firings. I pointed out, like I, I get Steve Wilkes has every bit to reason to be frustrated, but you know, You get a GM that comes in. You know he's going to bring in a whole new crew. Steve Wilkes wasn't his guy. Um, How is it being viewed in NFL circles that the second he doesn't get the job, a claim of racism is made by his lawyer?
7: Well, yeah, there's two components to it. Number one is uh, certainly you could ask the question logically, what does a black coach have to do to get the job? What, What more did he have to do, right? That's a totally legitimate question. And then from the standpoint of the of the team and the owner, uh, he gets to choose who he wants to be the head coach based on more than just this last season. So I think those are two um, legitimate points of view, right? He didn't have to choose Steve Wilkes. But at the same time, it's really frustrating if you're watching these hires and going, okay, well, what did he have to do? Uh, he, he, why doesn't he fit, right? He, he fit. He was there. They were doing a lot better than expected. So I, I totally get the frustration. I think, uh, you, you know... The re- independent of that, the, the hire totally fits with David Tepper, the owner of the team, who I think has done some modeling after Philadelphia. Uh, they hired an analytics guy from uh, Philadelphia, Frank Reich speaks that language as an offensive coach who was very amenable to using the fourth down charts that you know, the Phillies and the Baltimores use. That's the type of person that, that uh David Tepper's gonna want. That's the type of stuff that appeals to him. He's a hedge fund manager, right? The numbers, that type of stuff. Frank Reich plays into that, and then he's the offensive coach, which I, which is very Philadelphia-ish. If you look at the Eagles, right, they they're going to hire these offensive coaches. In fact, Frank Reich was one of the guys there. He wasn't the head coach, but was coordinator. So, I think I think it totally lines up with Tepper, uh, and yet at the same time, can be completely frustrating uh, if you are watching the league talk all the time about black coaches this and that, and then when you have one who you're actually winning with. And then you just decide. Ah, yep. Sorry, you know, the fit's really not right. Uh, you know, I think those, both both those things can be can make sense.
3: Um. Okay. Let us go. Let's go to Denver. Um. Mm-hmm. There were thoughts that it was Sean Payton, that Russell wanted Sean Payton. Now it's now it's D'Amico Ryan's. Um, yeah. What What What's go, What's really going on in Denver?
7: Uh, I think Denver's just not an attractive situation because of uh, Russell Wilson and what he's making uh, and what it means for the building of their team, which is a little bit of an older team. If you look at their starters, they're both on offense and defense last year, were among the 10 oldest. Uh, and so it's going to be hard to come in there and build a team. I, th- I think that um, as amazing as it seems from what, how Russell Wilson was viewed a couple of years ago, he's a deterrent now to uh, someone wanting to come in and, and do this. So I, I think that's clearly a a big component of where uh denver's at because they have the money i think george payton the gm is perceived as somebody who'd be really easy to work with in fact the owner even said the new coach can report to me so what is it right what else can it be denver's a great city by the way too right everybody likes to live in denver uh so what else can it be it's got to be that not everyone's real excited to come in there and think that they can turn it around with Russell Wilson, who the extension, by the way, hasn't even started with. Yeah,
3: it has not started yet. And it's just interesting in one year, people are saying, yeah, I don't know. Last year, Denver's got a new owner. Guy's got a ton of money. Plus you got Russell Wilson and he got a good defense. And oh, how, oh, how times have changed. Um, What happens with Aaron Rodgers?
7: I do think there's a good chance that this is the year that, there's a, that they separate. You know, I think in the past the, uh, you know, the MVPs and the winning made it really hard. But I think now you've got a point where you could do something. I don't know that it's going to happen, but it feels like way closer than it's been in the past to where I would say, you know, it almost feels like it's good, there is going to be something to happen there because, he, you know, him coming out and talking about. I want these six players re-signed and all of that. That You can kind of roll with that when you're in the NFC Championship game or, you know, re- really doing well. I don't know. I don't know if you roll with that now. I think this is probably the time to try something. There are some cap considerations. Yeah, how can, how can you do that timing. with the cap?
3: How can you function with the cap yeah. situation that bad?
7: Well, the cap situation, I guess, so on a trade, the timing from an accounting standpoint, you could process a trade – Uh, you know, in June, and get uh, that would allow Green Bay to spread out to the pain of the cap hit over not just the 23 season, but the 24 season as well. So, you know, that's a a complication. It's a real thing that could make it harder to do, or, or, you know, it's kind of like the Sean Payton hiring. You have to get compensation with the Saints, right? It's just not a clean break, even if you think it makes sense. So that would be why it may be harder to make it all line up. But uh, certainly, you could see some teams I mean there's speculations with the Jets, but there could be others. I wonder what would Mike Rabel be thinking at this point you know of where he's at, or some of these other uh, teams that could use one is It just takes one right It just takes one or two who really want to do it, and you've sensed that Green Bay, you know obviously they drafted Jordan Love because they were kind of anticipating this day, and now they actually have an opening to do it because the season didn't go well, and Rogers has in some ways you know tired out some people.
3: Oh, he's definitely worn some people out. Uh, what about Lamar Jackson? Mm-hmm. He, he clearly wants a Deshaun Watson contract. Doesn't yeah. feel like the Ravens want to give it to him. Gonna have to franchise tag him. But do the exclusive franchise tag him? Uh, how, how, how does that work?
7: Yeah, I think that they will. It's interesting on which tag they would use, um, probably. And then I think if it gets to that point, then you are talking about uh, looking into trades. I think that they would like to sign him to a long-term deal. I think that they won't do it for the fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson thing. I think Lamar Jackson has a strong case for that. I just don't think he's on the market and able to get it, right? I think they're not going to go that far. So then... I think the fact that there's not an agent becomes a huge deal because it's personal when when you're dealing with with this situation. If there's an agent, he can tell off the team, or he can tell off his client, (laughs) and that's business. But I think this is a really delicate thing to do, to deal with the player directly, uh, It's not like he's an experienced negotiator, this is all personal to him. And he has people around him that uh, I think then that makes, makes it harder for the team to navigate. So I don't think they will get a deal. I think it will come to a tag. And then I think we will see some uh, talks or, you, you know, speculation or, or investigation of what it could mean and what they could get in return.
3: Well, is there a team out there that would give him that deal?
7: Um, I think if he was a free agent, yes. Uh, I think if you're shopping for a trade, I'm not. I'm not as sure. Uh, who would do that? I w- I would love to see him with Mike McDaniel in Miami. I don't think that may be feasible from a uh, you know a cap standpoint with where they're at. But it really just it's really going to take an owner who is willing to do it, and it may just take one. We were surprised that the Browns did it. Uh, we may be surprised again that somebody else would do it because at that position, if you can get a star, um, you can become relevant. And he is a star. It's not just the the consideration of, hey, do we think that his style of play lends itself to long-term? That's what football people ask. Owners ask about relevance and that sort of thing, and he makes you immediately relevant whether or not you think, uh, God, can we really go go all the way? Uh, if we're paying them all this and, and playing this style and whatnot.
3: Mike, great stuff. Can't wait for the next uh, quarterback tiers, which, of course, when you put that out, everybody's talking about it. Follow him on social media. Read his work in The Athletic. Of course, he's the co-host of the Football GM podcast for The Athletic. He's the one and only NFL senior writer for The Athletic, Mike Sando. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank
2: you. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
3: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. That's my favorite part of the song. That one. Game time brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save Progressive.com. Let's get to a game. Game
2: time! This is game time.
0: It's game time.
2: On the Doug Gottlieb show. Danny, buyer, what do you got? Doug, the game today
0: is... Psychic. All right, a couple of things of the psychic here. Kind of prop bet-wise, but not exactly psychic. Who has the most rushing yards this weekend? You've got Miles Sanders, Isaiah Pacheco, Joe Mixon, and of course CMC. Most um, rushing yards of those four.
3: Rushing yards, huh? Rushing yards.
0: Jalen Hurts may beat all of them, but for the running back position, where yeah, do we... Yeah, it's uh, so
3: funny. For running back position, who has the most rushing yards? I think it's. Hmm. Oh, it's a good question. Uh, I think it's. I think it's gonna be Joe Mixon. I agree with that. That would have been, been my Joe pick Mixon. as well. Uh, and and you tell me if this is your logic. You know, I I know he only had eight hundred fourteen yards rushing this year, and uh, they have made him into a nice little dual threat. Uh, he only played 14 games, right? So that's part of the reason. Otherwise, he's a 1,000-yard back. But if you saw how they played last weekend, when you don't have a great offensive line, one thing you can do to navigate that one is to run the football more. Uh, secondly, you still want to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. They have to have balance within this offense. I, I think he gets the,
0: the ball a lot. I think he's the, the leading rusher this weekend. Couldn't have said it better myself. Psychic, what tight end catches the most passes this weekend? Travis Kelsey, Hayden Hurst, George Kittle, uh, Yeah, it's going to have to be Kelsey, right?
3: going to have to be Kelsey.
0: All right, Psychic, will Sean Payton ever return to coaching in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, I just don't think it's this year. At some point. Remember when we always thought Bill Cowher yeah. was going to, you know, and then it yeah. just never happened? No. Yeah, Bill no, Bill Garrett will get a job, he'll take over. He'll take over Carolina, you know, at some point, and yeah, he'll take over. And nope, I never did. How about this topic of conversation that's picked up some steam lately? Will Tom Brady ever replace Greg Olson in the Fox booth? Yes. Okay.
3: Yes, Yes.
0: I thought and and I think at times people go overboard with the work that guys do on the air for games. I don't think that other media members actually understand what need is needed in a broadcast, but I thought that Greg Olson uh, got the credit that uh, was due in that game against the Cowboys. That was excellent. Yep, I thought it was excellent. Yep, I agree, um, I agree as well.
3: I, I have, I have, I have, I have zero, zero negative things to say. Uh, his issue is he's not Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He's also not a quarterback, right? So there's, there's different things you see as a quarterback. He obviously knows a ton of football.
0: All right, Psychic, will Ben Simmons ever be a star in the NBA again? Head coach Jacques Vaughn kind of uh, fed up with Simmons. Oh, my gosh. How bad was he last night, too? Yes. Uh, Will he ever be a star? No. It's over, Johnny. It's over. All right. Did you hear about Daryl Morey's thoughts on the uh, All-Star Game voting? I would love. I've I've heard them, but I'd love for you to repeat. All right, Daryl Morey went on ninety seven point five The Fanatic and blamed uh, the Boston media for the reason why Joel Embiid is not a starter in the All Star game, saying, "quote The shameless Boston media is way overrepresented. They haven't recused themselves, and they shoved Joel low enough so that he's not an All Star starter. It's crazy." That was the end of the quote. He finished. Third in voting by the media, by the way, which was 25% of the votes, but fourth in fan voting, that makes up 50% of the vote.
3: I mean, the, the fan voting is ridiculous. I mean, look, Zion Williamson's played in, what, 29 games? Yes. And missed all of last year and is an all-star starter. So, yeah, it's bad.
0: All right, Psychic. Will the NBA ever change their all-star voting format because of this?
3: Um.
0: No. No. I mean, I think it changes some, but not not majorly, no. All right. Finally, who wins the Big 12 SEC showdown this weekend in college basketball? Um, I think the SEC does. Hmm. Interesting. Some good games. A little Tennessee, uh, Texas. Yeah. Okay, Several of those.
3: I mean, you got the, the interim head coach of Texas was an assistant to Rick Barnes at Texas. Uh, his right-hand guy was played for Rick Barnes and was an assistant at Tennessee. So, he got a lot, a lot of that stuff. It's interesting stuff.
4: That's game, huh?
2: Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: All right, coming up on the Doug Gottlieb Show, we're live at the TireRack.com studios. We did the NFC title game. Let's do the AFC title game. What's most interesting about this game? I'll present it to you next on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
1: Zumo Play.